0: With the help of Hashem, we are learning bavakama Daf Mem We left off on Daf Mem Dalad of six lines from the top of the Amid. We are in the middle of the Braisa. The Braisa is teaching us that when the Pasik speaks about Oy Bain Yigach, Oy Bas Yigach, that if an ox kills even a minor, nevertheless, all of the dinim are the same. Meaning, if the ox is a tam, then Hashari yisakel. If the ax is a muad, not only hashar yisakal, but there's an obligation for the owner of the ax to pay koifer. So the b'raisa began explaining us why we need to have the Pasik oi oi bas Because we would have thought that maybe if an ax kills a minor, there is no obligation to kill the ax. So the Torah tells you, oi yigoch, oy ben oi bas yigoch. Continues the b'raisa. The this pasik, which is Perek, Chav Aleph, Pasik, Lamed Aleph, is in the parsha of moed. Maybe when is there a Chiyuv on the owner of the axe to pay Kaifer? The axe has to get killed. Only if the axe is already a moed. However, bitam minayin. From where do we know that if the axe is only yatam, that if it kills a minor, still the din that hasherd yisakal applies? Says the brayso dinu that we can know this from logic, and here the Braissa actually gives two reasons. One we'll call a Mahmotsinu, and the ma-motsinu is hoyel ish ve'ish ve'isha, since the Torah teaches us. That if an ox kills a man or a woman, that there is a chiyu for the ox to be killed, and v'chiyav bebenu and if the ox kills a son or a daughter, there's a chiyu for the ox to get killed. Ma kishechiyav vi isha. just like the the penalty, the liability for an ox killing a man or a woman. Lo ychi by b'ing tam l'muat. There is no difference whether the ox is a tam or whether the ox is a muat, because the words in the Torah of Ish or Isha are both written in Pasik Chav which is the Pasak of Tam, and it's also repeated in Pasik Chav So therefore, as a Mamot we should say, that just like when there is an obligation, in Pasik Lama Dalaf or a Tam Lamud, we should not make a difference, and we should say that even if the animal is Tam, then how sure do you suck? So that should be reason number one. And says the B'raisa, reason number two, What will be the kalvachimer? Ma isha. when it comes to an adult, a man or a woman, that deer rights, so to say, are inferior when it comes to damages, meaning that if they damage, they have to pay for the damage. Nevertheless, there is no difference whether the animal is a tam or a mu'ad, if the animal kills a ish or a isha. And then all the dinim apply, again the dinim of Asher Yisakel, even by Yatam. And the din that if the animal is a muad, not only Asher Yisakel, but also the owners have to pay kaifer So ubas They are superior when it comes to damages, because if their ox damages, if they are the damagers, being that they are minors, then they don't have to pay for damages. There should certainly be no difference between a tam and a mu'at. So, you have both a and a kalbu from which we can learn that even if the ox is a tam, if it kills a ben or a bas, the din of Hashari Yisakal applies as well. To which says the Braisa, it's not correct that Omar, I'll tell you, that for reason number one, when you claim you have a I will refute it. And I will ask you, Can we derive a lenient case from a stringent case? To apply a stringency to a lenient case? That doesn't make sense, as the Barais explains. In other words, when it comes to a muad, that a muad is liable for killing minors. Yeah, muad, to begin with, is something that's chamur, because by mu'ah there's an obligation to pay kaifer. However, should we apply the same theme, tahmur Bitam haka'u, can we apply that stringency to tam, tam to begin with is more lenient, because by tam there is no Khi of and by the way, let's just remind ourselves that really when it comes to Achi of Keifer by Tam, we did learn a machoik as We had Rabbi Eliezer that clearly learns from Obal Hashoir Naki that those words teach us that there isn't even Hatsi Keifer by Tam. However, we did speak out that according to most of the Rishonim, according to Tresvis, and according to the Rambam, according to the Tana Rabbi Yosih Hadrili, there is an obligation by Tam to pay Hatsi but we don't go by that opinion. So we're going to continuously learn that tam, there is no obligation to pay any kafir. So since tam is kal, you can't compare a din of muad to the case of tam. And v'oed, and furthermore, you came in the barayseh with a kal v'chaimed, I will refute a kal as well. That im ha'mad b'ish be v'isham, b'ayin ish isha, that even if a tam, kills them, I would argue, maybe, because since adult men and women are obligated to keep mitzvahs, so when the animal killed an adult Jew, the animal prevented more mitzvahs to be be done in the world. So that's why maybe the traitor was machmen and the ox has to be killed. But, but if an ox kills a minor, since then they are still puturim and mitzvahs. So as far as mitzvahs not being done in the world, there is a lesser loss, or perhaps there is no current loss at all. Therefore, I, I don't have a kalvachayim. So we're back to the question how do we know that the din of oy ben yigach, oy bas yigach applies to a shoyr that's a tam? that is Yisaka, to which the B'raisa answers, and again quoting Pasuk Lamed Aleph, it says, O'y ben Yigach, O'y bas Yigach, and as the Shodim speak out, that the word Yigach, both times the taita says the words Yigach, Yigach is extra, the taita could have just says, O'y ben O'y bas, so that's to teach you that the trader adds the words to tell you that it doesn't make a difference if the ox gored as a Tam or as a Muad. Just like clearly by Muad, Hashari is and also the owners have to pay khaifer. As we mentioned, Pasiklamad Aleph isn't the parsha of Muad. So the extra word is to include Tam, and that's only one Yigach, because it says, Oy ben Yigach. So concludes the Braisa that the other word Yigach is to tell you another thing. In other words, if an ox only damaged a minor, then the obligations for the owner of the ox is also going to be there, even though the damage is a cotton. And with this, we conclude the Braisa, and we are moving on to the next Mishnah. Now here the Mishnah is learning a din that we mentioned in yesterday's Shear, that if an axe kills a Yid unintentionally, there is no din of HaShoer yisakil. the din of killing the axe, is only if the axe killed to kill. says the Mishnah. If an axe was rubbing himself on a wall. In other words, as the Gemara is going to p- point out that we know that the ox's intent was only to benefit it scratched to scratch an itch. However, but the wall fell on a man and killed a man. Or another example, if the ox had a kavana to kill, but it wanted to kill an animal, and, saw adam, and in the place of the animal ran a man in front of the animal and it ended up killing the man, but the adam that witnessed it know that the kavana was not to kill a person, or, liknani as Ben Yisrael. If the ox intended to kill, but intended to kill a Knani, and it ended up killing a Ben Yisrael, just to it's good to know that the Mechilta says, that when Hashem says, Lo'y tirzach Lo'y tirzach is including Goyim as well. However, the capital punishment for killing is only when we kill a Yid. And the same rules that apply for a person killing, that only when you kill a Yid are you going to be held liable in court. Likewise, if one's animal kills a Goy, then there is no obligation on the base then for Hashari Yisakel. So there was Kavana to kill a Goy, for which we don't have the Shari Yisakel, and it ended up killing the Yid. Or the final case in the Mishnah, in fallen, if the ox wanted to kill a nephil, a non-viable baby, children that were premature babies, meaning they were not born after being digested for a, fully, for a full nine months, they would not live. So if an ox killed a nephil, it wanted to kill a nephil, and it ended up killing Vaharik ben Kayama, in all of these cases, says the Mishnah, that potter now we'll see in a moment, Pater, does it mean Pater from hasher Yisakal, which it means? Does it also mean Pater from Muad, from Kaifer? We'll see that in a moment in the Gemara. So, Amar Shmual, says and this is the sugi that we learned in Lafmem Gimel that even though the Mishnah is only speaking about Hashori Yisakal, Pater Mimisa, nevertheless, V'chayiv B'kaifer, that if the ox is a Muad, even though the ox will not get killed, because it killed unintentionally, but the obligation of kafir will nevertheless be on the owner. And really, as we learned in that Gimel and then Gimel Lamed we learned the three-way Machlaikis that Shmuel over here holds both like Rishlakish, according to the Maskana. Shmuel holds, like we learned from Rabbi Yehonan, that they're not related. Shmuel does not hold like Raba, as we learned in that Gimel that Raba holds that wherever you don't have the obligation for misa, there will not be the obligation to pay kafir. That she teshmool. However, Rav Omar Rav says that Pratur Mizh Umizeh that they do go on the same track. Wherever there isn't Hashar Yasakul, we have that smikhus juxtaposition. We also don't have the Imkayfar Yushas Olaf. But is Shmuel and Rav now asks the Gemara on Shmuel, the Amai, why are you Shmuel saying in the case of our Mishnah That chayev Ba beKoifer? Let's not forget, like we just mentioned before, that even though most of the learn that the Tana of Yosi Hagdili holds that there is a Chiyuv to pay Chatsi Koifer by Tam, this is not the way we learn. We accepted Shitas Rabbi Eliezer, that there is no Koifer by Tam, not even a Chatsi Koifer by Tam. That we don't pay Chatzim Nezek Koyfer by Tam. So if Shmuel is saying on our Mishnah, obviously Shmuel understood that our Mishnah is speaking about a case where the animal was a Mord. But it doesn't make sense because the first case of the Mishnah was a And not to kill anyone. So it didn't have intent to kill, it was just scratching an itch. So for that to happen one time makes sense. But the Gemarim the doesn't accept that such a thing can repeat itself enough times for the ox to be a So it's a tam. If it's a tam, you potter anyway, answers the Gemarim. That Shmuel will explain the Mishnah just like Rav explained another Mishnah. That we're going to learn soon on that if there was an ox that jumped in a pit and it landed on an Adam that was at the bottom of the pit, not that the boy killed the adam. There, there's no chiyuf, Shayer But there was an ox with a kavana to damage that jumped in the pit and landed on a person. And I've explained that mishnah that you're to pay koyfer. And the question there was, why you're to pay koyfer? It must be because the animal was a muad. How can it be a muad? So I've explained the Muad al bnei adam be'bayis that the ox did it many times beforehand. So just like Rav explained the Mishnah and Dath Mem Zayin Amid Beis, that the animal repeated this type of unusual behavior, likewise over here says Shmuel, I'll tell you Hachinami, that the animal many times was rubbing its itch on a wall, and the, and the wall fell and it killed a person. But the Gemara has a problem. The problem is, that the ox, and here the way the Yishoyenim learned, the ox intentionally for three times, rubbed itself on the wall to knock the wall down to kill people. So the ox, for the first three times, intended to kill people. Now, the Mishnah says, now that the ox is already a muad to kill people, now says the Mishnah that if it was without the kavana to kill, here you're going to be putter from Hashari yisakel. But the Gemara has a problem with that. Because if the ox is a muad by intentionally Knocking itself against the wall to kill people for three times. So now that the ox did it a fourth time, why would we not say that it did it, to kill? In other words, if the ox does it once, and you can say, okay, the witnesses thought it was rubbing an itch. But if the ox repeated this behavior a few times, to kill, which is how the ox became a muad, so why don't we say it intended to kill the person also now? And if that's the case, then Hashari Yisakal. And the Gemara says further that you cannot compare it to the Mishnah Mem Zayn days where Rav was explaining that the Mishnah was that the ox threw itself inside a bird to kill people. Bishlai Mohassam, Dechaza, Yeraikev, Enofel, Dear, If I care, there's another issue. The issue is that if an ox killed a person, Hashari Yisakal, how does the ox become a Muad? So we learned that on Daf Mem Aleph. And the Gemara gave various scenarios. The most commonly one repeated is that the ox ran away into a swamp. However, if an ox killed a man in the bottom of the pit, the ox would be unable to get out from the pit. So people needed to bring the ox up. So if people brought the ox up, how did it escape? The explanations, and really all the explanations that the Gemara gives, will be harder to use if the ox is inside a pit. And for that, that I've explained on the Daf Mem Zayin, that when the ox jumped in the pit the first few times, it did not have Kavana to kill. And and how do we know that? Because the Chaza Yeroyka, we know that there were certain vegetation sticking out from the walls of the pit. The ox saw those greeneries, and Vinofal, and it threw itself in the pit to eat, in other words, it wanted to eat the the, the vegetables, and it fell in and killed a person. So there it made sense that the animal killed a few times, but we know that it never had Kavana to kill. Which is why the ox itself was never killed until it became a muad. Elahachi over here again that we're learning pshat that the ox for the first few times was neschachech Kavana, bekavana Lahazik. Kavana to be mamis. Our Mishnah, speaking about the ox now is already a muad. It's only that now it didn't do the the rubbing on the wall to kill. How do you know that? Ma'ikel ameir. Why don't we presume? that it wanted to kill a person, answers the Gemara, hachinami, it must be, that now that the ox is a muad, that the Aden know, that it was mishachich that it rubbed itself, it scratched itself against the wall, only lahana asay, only for its pleasure. The gemara, how do we know that? Because the basar did not fall, because even after the wall fell down, ka the ox is still scratching itself. If the kavan of the ox would be to be mazik, then it would, it would feel satisfied when the person got hurt or killed. The fact that the ox is continuously scratching his back on the broken pieces of rocks is a that it was, no, it was unintentional. And that's the din of the Mishnah, that whenever you have an ox that unintentionally kills a person, there is no din of Hashori Yisokal. Daf mem dal asks the Gemara Vaita in one second. Our case of the Mishnah is, is that what killed a person? A rock the rock was protruding. It, was a, it went flying by a force generated by the ox, But it wasn't done by the ox directly. So now we have a very important question. We learned a lot in the early on of the Meertum that when it comes to a person's obligation to his ox damaging or killing, that's only if their damage was done directly with their goof. This, an ox scratching itself on a wall, the rocks. Killing a person, the rocks is mamish like zereidas. Vakata zereidas nino. And let's read Rashi inside, in Tappera Hamid. Va'katet zereidas nino ve'ein koyfer kassuf ela to have a gufay mamish and not by a force generated by the ox. To which Rav Mari, the Rav Kahana has to say that our Mishnah must be speaking about the minei u minei. that the fallen wall move constantly. In other words, it wasn't that the ox scratched itself. Once and then the rocks went flying and hit and killed a person, but the ox is continuously scratching himself on the wall. So it's actually the ox crushed the person to death. There were stones that were in between the man and the ox, but it was considered direct koyach from the ox who's continuously crushing and crushing on the rocks. And that's why it's not zeraidas. Says the Gemara that you should know that tanya kavasei d'shmul that there's a brisa. That clearly does not link koifer with the din of Asher Yisakal, like Shmuel and really like Rabbi Yechanon and like Rabbi Shlakish. However, that same brayse will be a teyuf to rav as well as a teyuf to the rabo. And now we're quoting the brayse. Says the brayse: Yesh Misa uba Kaifer. There are times that when an ox kills a person, both the ox has to get killed and the owner has to pay koifer. V'yesh category number two: Shechaye bikoifer opatim b'misa. Category number three, the Yesh And category number four, that is Potr Miza. And now the Brahsa goes and explains every single case. Ha Mu'ad the ax is already a muad, and it intentionally killed a person, bimisa because it was intentional. The fact that the axe is a muad, so the owner has to pay Kaif. Case number two, this is the case that will be a ray alushmual and a tayufta daraf which is as we explained our Mishnah, the ox is already a muad. But now that it's a muad, it killed Shulay B'Kavona. So the din is that Chayiv B'Kaifer, the din of Shmuel, the din of Rabbi the din of Reish Lakish. As we explained that the word Im, the Im Kaifer Yushas allah from Gimala Med Beis, is an extra word, and it comes to include the Chi of Kaifer, even when it's unintentional. However, since it's unintentional, this is a din that no one debates. Now, let's just finish learning the B'raisa. Case number three. That Tam B'Kavona, if the animal is a Tam and it killed B'Kavona, Chayev B'Misa, Hashori Yusakal is written in Pasig Chavches, as we spoke out many times. However, a patar Mi kaifer, Kaifer is only when the animal becomes a mud. And again, Sheeta Rabbi Eliezer that when the animal is a tam, you don't even have to pay Khatzi And the fourth case, that if the animal was a tam, and not only is it a tam, but it killed unintentionally. Sholai Kavana, then the din is mizeh u mizeh. Okay, so now we have already the Tiyufta Daraf, but we're going to continue to learn the b'raisa. Continues the b'raisa. of a that if a ox damages a person, but it damages a person. kavana. Now let's clarify a few things. When a, the Adam is the Mazik, we don't care, Kavana, no Kavana. It's all the same, you have to pay. Nezik, as we spoke out many times. When it comes to paying tsar, Ripoy and Shevis, there has to be negligence. When it comes to paying Baishis, there has to be Kavana, lahazik. Even though we don't need Kavana, L'Vayish, you need to have Kavana, lahazik. Here, when the Gemara, when the Breis is asking Hanizok and be Kavana, we are dafka speaking about Keren. That the Chiyuf that the owner of an ox has, if the ox had Kavana to be mazik a person, is learned from the dinim of an ox killing a person. So just like when an ox kills a person, we just learned in our Mishnah that be Kavana, the dinim are different, the Shoyit is not Yisakel, so perhaps... Dinim that are derived from it should also have the differentiation whether there was kavana, whether there was no kavana. So says the Braisa. You have a machloekis Rabbi Yehuda and Ab Rabbi Huda is mechayiv, even again, cinnam, gourd, and ox gourd, or did other and other activity. The kavana lahazik, the owner is to pay for the damages, and Abshiman is pater. Now explains the Gemara. My Pashit. He learns the din mi kafre, just like we just learned that this brayso, which is a riot to Shmuel, that even if the ox that killed shalay the Kavano, but kafre is always going to be there. Ma even shalay the kavana is chayiv afan Nami, even though the ox did a damage Kavana, it gored someone with the horns, but without kavana lahazik, then ichayiv. However, Rav will learn the din mikatolei the the din of the shoir needing to be put to death, that ma. Kitoli Shulai Bikavana pater as we learned in our Mishnah, if the ox gored Shulai Kavana and it damaged another person, then the owner of the ox will be pater. Now asks the Gamada Virabihuda Nami Naylith Why doesn't Rabbi Yehuda compare the din of Nizakin to the din of killing? So he says simple, because Dunin Tashlum Mitashlumin. We are trying to figure out does the owner have a obligation to pay? Well, let's compare payment from four damages from payment of Kaifir. This is payment and that's payment. It's apples and apples. And being done in Tashlum and Nimisa, the ox being being put to death is a completely different din. Apples and oranges, we don't compare one to the other. Now it's such a good Explanation. So the Kasha now is on Rapshimen. Why doesn't Rapshimen learn from Kaufer? Answers the Gemara explaining That we are comparing damages that are liabilities that ox has for damages from liabilities that the ox has needing to get killed. Ox damaging? Ox getting killed. La'afuke kaifer. Khaifir is a chiyuv on the owners, and as the many of the Ahrenim spoke out, and this takes us back to something that we spoke out in the beginning of the Mesechta, that even though the Gemara continuously used both L'shoinoy, M'moyinoy, Hizik, V'shaloy, Shamar, but the question is, what is the principal reason for an owner of an animal to be high for the damages that the animal does? And it comes out from this gemara that when it comes to damages damages that the owner is has to pay for is primarily because However, khaifer has to be paid primarily not because an extension of me did damage. Khaifer has to be paid primarily because I did not guard my ox. So there are two very different chayuvim according to this gemara in explaining Rav Shimon. Which is why Abshimen did not want to compare Tashlumen with Tashlumen because they're very different types of Tashlumin. One is because the owner is actively, so to say, involved in the damage itself, because the owner's extension damaged. And again, khaifer, the owner has to pay khaifer not because the owner killed, but the way we're learning over here, primarily because he did not guard his ox. Vite now, we quote from the Mishnah. The ox intended to kill an animal, and it killed a person, said the Mishnah Pater. So, infers the Gemara. And we spoke this out on Daphman Beis, the Machlekes we have in Sanhedrin, between the Chachamim and the Tanarap Shimon. What happens if a person murders, God forbid? So, when a person had Kavana to kill, and he killed, that's the capital case, where the killer himself is put to death in Beis. What happens if a person had kavana to kill Ruven, so there was a kavana to kill, but instead of killing Ruven, he killed Shimon. So that's a machoikist So says the Gemara, from our Mishnah's example, by the ox being exempt from Skelah, only because it intended to kill an animal, and it killed a person. What can you infer, Haneschav and Laharegezeh, that if the ox intended to kill Ruven and Laharegezen had killed Shemim, here, the animal is still going to be chayef. Which is Shitas Chachonim, <muchos> that Neschav and Lahari Geszev, Vahari and Luchura says the our Mishnah is not like Rab Shimon. The Tanya you learn in a braisa, Rab Shimon says, Afilu Neschav and Lahari you will still be Potter. And going back to Dathman Base, that's why the whole Parsha Vichiyin Natsu Anashim Venagafu Ishahara V'Lo as Rav Ada have explained, V'Lo doesn't mean that the mother didn't get hurt. It meant that the person who was the, the one hopping the clep, that he was not the one that got killed. Because only if he gets killed, only there do we apply the din of Kamle but and Ein and base. But coming back over here, according to Rav Shimon, even if the ox would have had Kavana to kill one person but it killed another person, again the ox won't be killed. Now one second, why are we comparing the laws of an ox to the laws of a person killing? So first of all, that's a rule that we continuously learn step number one, my because the Amar Krah, here in Mishpatim, and the fact that the Torah juxtaposes the ox getting killed, and when the ox was a the owner, Ba'al of Yumas. Then the passage continues. the Ve'im k'ayfer yushas alav. Ve'nasen pidyei nafshei. But the fact that we put together. Ha'shoi yisakol ve'gam ba'al of Yumas. It teaches us. This is an important. Ha'al rule. That ke'misa's ba'alim kach. Misa's ha'shoi. That the rules. Of killing a person who murders and the rules of killing an ox who kills are running on the same track and we say ma just like when it comes to killing a murderer according to the Tanarap Shemen ad demachaven Lay that you're only going to be chayiv to get killed if you intended to kill your actual victim, according to the Tanad Shemin, the din that an ox that kills unintentionally is exempt from getting killed doesn't only mean the way our Mishnah wrote that the ox didn't want to kill a person. No, even if the ox wanted to kill one person, but it didn't actually kill that victim, the ox also will not be put to death. Now the question is, we're based on what? Does Rab Shimon say that Chiyuv, for a Beisden, to kill a murderer, is only when the person who murdered had intent to kill his actual victim? Where does he get that from? And it's important to remember this Gemara. We have to knock in our heads. We're going to learn a din that we spoke out many times. And we will God will and speak out many other times. The din of Kavua, kamachza Al-Machza. We'll explain this in a moment. All of that is learned from here. So let's begin. In Parsha Shoftim, when the Torah is speaking about the din of a murderer, the Torah begins saying the following. There's a Pasuk that says, We're speaking about the R'etzeach. Let's say, R'uven is, God forbid, killing Shimon. So, R'uven means he ambushes him. There's an ambush. And the Pasuk adds, And he rises up against him. And there the Pasuk continues, that since R'uven killed Shimon, with intent. There is no running away to the Miklat, And even if you ran away to the Ari They then takes him out. And the Goyal Hadam kills him. The question is. The words of Loi are extra. The point that the Pasuk is making. Is that Reuven did not kill Shimon Bishoygek. That he rose up against him. For that, it would have sufficed for the Pasik to begin with the words Vikam olav. If there is a Vikam olav, that's not a shaygig. You're a misa. So why do you have the words From this, Rab Shimon learns at sheyis it's Mamasha repetition. He ambushes him, and he rises up against him. In other words, it means that when is Reuven going to be Chayiv Misas based in when he killed his intended victim? Ah, v'rabanun. the Rabbanan. The hold that as long as there was intent to kill, even if there was intent to kill someone else, the murderer is still Chayiv Misas based in. Chayiv my of delay. So look at this. So Amri they learned in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Yana, and they learned that that this comes to exclude the case where one throws a stone into a crowd of people and as we'll speak out in the crowd of people there were Yidin and Goyim and again to repeat the Mechilta that Loitirzach goes on all human beings however the obligation for Bazdin to execute a murderer is only on someone who killed the Ben Yisrael so what happens if there's a group of people, a mixture of Yidin and Goyim, and the Raitseach threw a stone in the group, and one of them got killed? That is a case for which, as the Gemara will speak out, the Pasik needed to add the words, va'arav loydan. and he ambushes him. In other words, in this case, there was no ambush. He threw a rock. He did not know who it will kill. Here, the Chachamim will hold that he'll be exempt. Was even the Chachamim that say that you're chayiv Misa. That's because you intended to kill someone specific. Here, when a person throws a rock in amongst a the group, there was no one specific, and therefore from V'aar of we exclude that you will not be Chayiv Misa's based in. But one second, the Gemara is challenged with this whole scenario, What exactly was the case? For which you have to have an exclusion from va'aravloi. Ilema, if it was the case that there were tisha knanim, the echad Yisrael and tisha lav the what's important here is roev. If there were roev goyim in one yid, so then paper clay. Why did we need va'aravloi to say that the reitzeh is not going to be killed in base And simply the the majority were goyim. And as Rashi brings down the Pasik, the ha'eda, the Silu ha'eda. From there we learn that even if there's a 50-50, not only arrive, then the Sanhedrin won't kill the right sayach. There has to be a majority, and really amongst the Sanhedrin when they vote, there has to be a majority more than one. But a 50-50 is not enough to condemn someone, and certainly not when Ruba Canaanim. And even if you're going to say that the case that the Chachamim are using, to explain why the bar of loy is needed was when there were five yidden and five not yidden. Nevertheless, 50-50, like we just quoted, Rashi brings down the hitzilu ha'eda safik nefashes lohak. So loy says the Gemara, no, that's The case is needed. The ikatisha yisraelim kanani. There was a ra'iv yisraelim, and therefore va'afal gab the Ruba yisraelim nino. One second, if there were ruba yisraelim and you threw a rock and you had kavana to kill someone, why taka you not so here we're learning the following. That even if there's only one non-Jew, here we are learning the source of the rule, Kavua. And V'chol Kavua, Kemmechza al Mechza Dani. The classical case that Torah Shabal gives for Kavua, Mechza al Mechza, we learned this the first time in Psochem Daftes, is when you have a street that has 10 stores that sell meat. Nine of them, let's say, are kosher. And one of them is Treif. And there's a piece of meat on the street, That's called parush. You found the piece of meat. And from that moment on, you have a doubt whether it's kosher or not. You did not find it in its source. There is where we apply the rule, since as in our example, nine stores were kosher. Halacha says that meat is a kosher piece of meat. Called a parash, merubah parash. But if a person walked into a store, and the person was absent-minded, the person was learning, and the packaging for some reason was all the same, and the person bought a piece of meat, and then he doesn't remember what store did I buy it from. Even though roiv are kosher, since the doubt came up in the place of the meat itself, that's called kavua in its fixed place, there is a rule, a pasik. And the pasik is this v'aravloi, that called kavua kamachza al-machza. And that goes both ways. So in the case of the meat, We're going to go L'chumrah, because even though nine were kosher, one is Sreif, but if we consider the one as 50% of the doubt, 50-50, Suffolk Deir is L'chumrah. Now let's go to our case over here. Here it's going to be a leniency. Even though we're saying that you have nine Yisraelim, and there's only one guy, first of all, he threw it in a group, them standing in the group. It's not that after he threw the rock, someone walked into the rock. That's a whole other parsha. But the, he threw it on where they were, that's called Kavua. So, Machtsal Machzal. So we view it as if the half Yidim, half Gayim. And now we have the Pasuk Vihid siloha that Safik Nafash is So they taka, the person will not be killed, the Safik Nafash is And just reading the, the second to last line in Rashi, before the Mishnah, in the middle of the Ahmed, and Rashi says, You should know that Olachol Mila. The That whenever we will learn throughout Shas, the rule of Kavua kamach Al Machza is Mahai Kra Nafkola. it's learned from the Pasig va'aravloi. So it's good to remember, Rav Shimon Chachamim. Rav from va'aravloi learns his din. The Chachamim learned from the va'aravloi. Ultimately the din of Kavua kamach Al Machza. Let's move on to the next Mishnah. Says the Mishnah actually when the pasik that we keep on learning repeating Pasik chavches, Paidik Khaf Alif, Pasik and Parsha's Mishpatim, when the Pasik is speaking about a Tam, that if the Tam kills a man or a woman, the, the animal has to be put to death, But Ubaal Hashoir Naki, the Torah uses the masculine, Ubaal Hashoir. And if you read the Pasik literally you might mistakenly think that if the owner of the ox is a woman, maybe she's Bachlal not included in the whole parsha says our Mishnah that, shoyr ho isha, that if the ox belongs to a woman or if a shoyr belongs to orphans and orphans obviously mean minor orphans or shoir ho if there was a based in that gave a guardian the permission to oversee the estate of the orphans, or if you have a Shoid Hamid, a wild ox, meaning an ox that is ownerless, or if you have Shoid HaHegdish, an ox that belongs to Hegdish, or the final case, Shoid HaGed, if an ox belonged to a Ged, and the Ged passed away, and the Ged had no heirs, halachic heirs, and only a Ged is someone who's not going to have halachic heirs or there's a possibility on a ger not to have yarshim. So really this is similar to the case of Hefker. And we're going to see in the Gemara why the Mishnah gave two cases. This case and Shoir Hamidbar. Says our Mishnah and all of the above cases Harei elu Hayov and Misa They are all included in the parsha of the Shoir that kills. And now obviously when it comes to paying koifer the owner of the ox pays koifer. If the ox ...is Hefker, no one will have to pay Koefer. But the din of Hashori Yisakal is irrelevant, again, whether it's Baal Hashori as masculine... ...or in all of the other cases that the Mishnah gave, Shor always has to be killed. That is tanakama. However, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with three of the cases of the tanakama. That if the Shor is Hamidbar, if the Shor is Hefker, or if the Shor belongs to Hegdash... ...and apparently, apparently the same case... Of an ownerless Shoir. Shoir hager, a Shoir that belonged to an ager, and the ager passed away. And after the ager converted, the ager had no children. Even if he had children before he converted, they are allahically not his heirs. In these three cases, holds the Rabbi Yehuda, as we'll see in the Gemara. Y, Peturim and hamisa. The ox does not have to be put to death. L'fi, she'ein, lohem, bo'alim. And as speaking out already what the Brayse will tell us, that in Pasik Choftes, the Pasik speaking about an ox becoming a muad, the words that are used are v'hu'ad b'va'alav, that the owner has to be warned, there has to be an owner. If there's no owner, then they are not included in the entire parsha of a shoyr that killed. Says the Gemara Tana shoir, shoir, shiva. The Braise says beautifully, if you look inside the Chumash, from Pasik Chavches, including, up until, and including Pasuk Lamed Beis, which are all of the Pesukim that speak about an ax that killed a person, Betam, or B'muod, and then about Bein Yigach, or Bas and killing an Eved, you're going to count, the trader writes Shoir seven times. Now the first time, the trader has to say the word Shoir. The first shoir is not extra. But all of the other six are extra. Because it's a continuation from the same scenario. We would have self-understood we're speaking about an ox. So the Tanakama learns from every extra shod. All of the 6 dinami we learned in the Mishnah. And that's Lahavi. And let's count. The number one in the Mishnah that ha ha'Isha that she's included that Hasheri Yisakel Yisakal, Shardi Yisamim is number two Shoyr Petrupas is number three Shoyr haMidbar Hafkir is number four Shoyr Hagdish is number five and again the sixth case Shoyr Hager Shomeis ve'Ein Yarshim. However, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with all that. He doesn't consider any of them have extra. The Torah is explaining that the ox killed and the ox killed, so nothing is learned from the repetition of the word "shard. Elma, Rabbi Yehuda holds that they are automatically included. Why would we exclude them? So unless there is a reason to exclude a scenario, they are automatically included in the Parsha. However, for the three cases in which Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with the Tanakhama, there, there is a reason to exclude them. Rabbi Yehuda says that Shor, that is Hamidbot. it's a Hefker, Shoir, it's from the it's wild. Shoir that belongs to Hegdish, it doesn't belong to a particular person. Or Shoir Hagir Shame Shame Layarshim in all of these cases Pturamanamisam, Lafish La Ham as we explained, we'll see in a moment, because the trade of Huad Biva for Vahu Biva Allov tells you that there has to be a warning to the owners. So, if there's no owner, that's not the case that the Torah is speaking about. Omar Rav I want you to know how far does Rabbi Yehuda say is then that That even in a case where there was an owner, and after the owner's ox gored, the owner knows they're going to take the ox to Adin Torah the and they're going to end up killing the ox. He was then Magdish the ox or Nagach Ulubasay since now, when Beizdin wants to try the ox, there is no owner, there is no vuhuat Allah. even in this case the ox is not put to death. Now, asks the Gemara Mimai, how does Rav Huna know that even in this case, Paiter Hay so he gives a beautiful answer. Mid as we spoke out when we learned the Mishnah. Since the Mishnah repeats two cases that apparently are the same, both the Mishnah spoke out hamidbar and hager So asks the Gemara, hager shemeis manino? What's the point of an ox that belonged to a convert who then passed away? The point is that since he passed away, how will Israel have good? But if that's the case, like we said, it's all the same. So why do we have two cases? Ah, There are two separate cases. In other words, the first case, the case of the ox gored before the owner died. And then the geg died. So that is a case, a gavaldik, that even though during the negicha there was a ba'alim, the nagach, or even there according to Rabbi Yehuda the ox will not be killed and the Chachamim hold that in both cases the ox will be killed and again according to the Chachamim that they learn all of these dinim from the extra shoir, if the Torah only would have written let's say 5 extra words shoir, then we would have used 1 in the case that the Shoir is put to death where at least when it gored it had an owner now that the Torah added a 6th Extra La l'chachamim. So now we are adding a case, even when from the begin with, even when it gored, it was a Shal sholhevker. In all cases, the din is according to the chachamim that hashoyer yisakles takashmam no and tanya namiyachim. That yes, at alkein omrabi yehuda. This is clearly written in abraya that afilu nagach ulabasayfikdish or nagach ulabasayfikir. In other words, during the act of the damage of the killing, that it had an owner. But the it went to base it no longer has an owner. The Yehuda holds putter. the ox will not be put to death. And as it says, here we have the Pasach, meaning, here we have a machlekes. Let's learn, like somebody is showing him, they have to belong to the same owner. Not only does it have to have a owner, but it has to belong to the same owner. So now the Gemara just asks, on the Baraisa, why does the B'raise use the words Ha Bedin? Ha'amadah Bedin means when you start the din tater. Why don't we apply this all the way to the end of the din The V'g'mar din lo'i be'inan. And it's all juxtaposed together. Beginning with the words V'huat b'vahalav. So clarifies the G'mara. That's what the B'raise meant. Eima, misa, the killing of the ox. And the Ha'amadah Bedin on the ox. And the Gamardin din on the ox. Again, Shavim ki echad. Only then do you kill the ox according to Rabbi Yehuda. And again, do they have to belong to the same owner? Or as long as it is owned by a private owner, maybe they're also Rabbi Yehuda will hold that the ox has to be put to death. Let's begin with the final Mishnah, the Amid. It says the Mishnah, <laughs> If the ox was already after the Gemar Din. and the Psa Din was, the ox is going to get stoned. And now, v'hikdishu ba'alav, the owners were are It says, The Mishnah, ox is not sanctified. And you can learn this from two ways. Number one, being that the ox is no longer permissible on the owner. And as we learned before, it's even asr ba'hana'am. So the rule is, if I own something, but I can't even have ana'am, it's no longer mine. It's like Hefkin. So if I don't own it, I can't be it. Or you can learn from another angle. You can only be something that has value. Since the ox is going to be let, to it's being stoned, so there's no shavius in the ox itself. Either way, the din is einamugdish. Likewise, if after the gemar din the owner shechted it, psoroi Asun, As we learn clearly in Daf Aleph. However, says the Mishnah, chidish that ve'im Higdish, ba'alav. If before based in pasken that the ox is yisakel, the owner knew I'm losing this ox anyway. I'm magdish it. Here the din is, mukdash. The, the, uh, the ox is sanctified. Ve'im shuchatay, and if you shechted it, psare mutar. Now, by the way, when the Mishnah says, Hegdishu baal of Mugdash, we just learned in the previous Mishnah. And now what? Well, now what? According to the Tanakama, an ox that belongs to hegdish also gets stoned. So it's not that you're saving the ox from being stoned, but until the ox is stoned, the ox is hegdash. That is before the Gemar din. The means completely, because now you can't stone it. He circumvented the stoning. And more of that in the beginning of Dath Memhe. Now the Mishnah begins with a whole new case. And yes, we spoke this out a few times, but we are beginning a whole new Mishnah, as Rashi clearly points out. And the din is, let's speak out of it by heart. That whenever you have an ox that was being given over to someone else, either that person should be a guardian, or that person is a renter, or that person is a borrower, and they are this is all coined Balash and Khazal, the Arba during the time of the guardianship, the guardian is in the place of the owner. And let's read it inside the Mishnah. That mesodah if the owner gave over his ox as an example either to a shomer or to a shayel to a shomer as a guardian who's not getting paid to guard it, for which he has the minimum amount of responsibility if something were to happen to the object that he's guarding. Let's not forget we're not speaking about something happening to the ox that he's guarding. Here we're speaking about the fact that the ox that he's guarding gored someone else or killed someone else. Or, or if a person gave over his axe to a borrower, or otherwise sometimes called a guardian that's being paid. Or to a Soicher, and as we'll speak out later, and exactly what din does the Soicher have? We'll get to that in Mem hey, says the Mishnah, the rule, this is the principle, that the guardians, or the borrower, or the renter, they are in the place of the owners, which is, meaning, that if the animal is a muad, the guardian has to pay nezek shalom. If the animal is a tam, they have to pay nezek. And we'll speak out later what happens if the ox kills. Don't forget, how short Whose loss is that? We'll get all that, merits Hashem, on da'af memhe. Let's just start the first line of the brayser. we learned in a Sure, if an ox killed. This is going on the first part of the Mishnah. If an ox killed a person, if before Beis Din gave the P'sag Dinashari Asher the owner sold it. Turning to the hey, Din is Machor, and that's why you look inside the Rashi. Gavaldig Machor who What What is the Rashi saying? As we spoke out, according to the Chachanim, the ox will get killed. The ox will get killed because even if an ox belongs to, 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 it doesn't have to belong to the same owner. Even an ox of, of, of a hefker gets killed. So what's the point of saying that it's sold? So Rashi says, no, it means that the one who bought it until and will kill the ox. He is the one that has right has the right to use the ox to plow the fields, which is the meaning of Riddia. And we don't say that since anyways Bethan is going to Pasch and Asher Yisakal so the owner already doesn't own it so the sale is not a sale we don't say that. If there was no Gemar Din the, the one who bought it bought it and likewise Sheikh Dishoy Mugdash says Rashi the Nafka inay, the hanim inay, that if someone had benefit from the ox even before it was stoned then Yechayi me'ilah. Shechatoi if you shechted did it the owner shechted it before the gemar din. Then he circumvented the Torah and the sorer mutar, and the meat will be completely permissible to be eaten and mirza hashem to be continued tomorrow. <laughs> <Right now>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know the traffic. I could have figured out how to close it. It's very, very noisy, It's not very happy. It's impossible. One question. One I did get a text uh, from Andre. The lost any connection. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. In the middle mm-hmm. of the year, in. Ну пусть. А?